This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Diana Bartolini, a speaker, writer, and spiritual director who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hello, everyone. It's Diana Bartolini with the Not Lukewarm Podcast. And Deacon John. We are continuing our series, our conversation on Habits of Freedom by Father Christopher Collins, S.J. That means Jesuit. And today we are focusing on chapter four, which is called Talk It Out. Talk It Out. It's my favorite thing to do, right? It is your favorite thing to do. And it's almost like the opposite of my favorite thing to do. So this was an interesting chapter for us to read. I think we have somewhat similar thoughts on it, but then vastly different in some ways. Just like a married couple. There you go. Why don't we talk about what we think we're similar on? Why don't you start with the whole, do we really know about Jesus? Jesus. I said the word Jesus, the name Jesus. In chapter 4, Father Collins was relating a story about his, his young life and the use of the word Jesus in his house, in his household. I had a very similar experience growing up. I went to Catholic school in my entire educational life. I was an altar, sorry, altar boy back then. I went to a preparatory seminary high school, Catholic University, and you know, briefly had thoughts in my young life of becoming a priest, but that that didn't work out. Uh, didn't happen. And we went to mass Sunday as a family every Sunday, and yet we never. We never talked about Jesus or God, and I remember it's not like saying those words in our house. It was at Mass, you know, the Gospel and then the homily, and on the way home we would say, okay, what was the homily about? And then we'd all kind of like look at each other and try to remember what the homily was about. The thing that stood out was when we got home, it was like Jesus and God were, well, I hate to say they were in another world, but they weren't in our household world. I think that's really interesting because— at some point, we see in the church that there's a real shift, right? I, I can remember being a kid and similar experience to John, though I did not attend a prep seminary and never wanted to become a priest. This idea that we didn't talk about God and we didn't talk about Jesus, and you went to Mass on Sunday and you went to school and you learned about religion and you got a grade on it, but we never talked about this idea of knowing Jesus, our faith, or really our, yeah, our faith, was more of an intellectual pursuit, as intellectual as you could be in elementary school, but then onward too, and in high school and in college and so forth. And now we talk so often about the need to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Father Collins uses in this uh, chapter the story of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. If you recall that story, they're trotting along, plodding along. They're not very happy. They're actually very sad because Jesus has just been crucified. They are very baffled as to why and what happened and what can they do about it. And it seems like with each step, their conversation keeps turning inward. And they're having, I guess, maybe what we might want to call a little pity party. Woe is me. Woe is me. Everything is so sad. Everything is so miserable. The more they turn inward, 
the more depressed they become, the sadder they become. And the sadder they become, the more inward they turn. In my experience, when I feel like I'm starting to hit desolation, the one thing I want to do is talk. However, ah, that is not the experience of my husband. When I say to him, and this is not a husband-wife thing. I mean, I, maybe it could be, but I think this is true with a lot of people. The words that strike fear in his heart, in the heart of my family is, can we talk? Because what's going to come next? I don't think it's just me, your husband. I think it's most men are afraid of those words. And oftentimes, what I need to talk about, in some sense, often has nothing to do with John. It is just something that is going on in my personal soul, in my life, in my mind, and I need to let it out. So I have come to learn that and understand that over the years, and and it really doesn't strike that kind of same fear that it used to when, oh, yeah, can we talk? I was like, okay, it's probably not about what I didn't do the other day. But, you know, something that is on her mind, Deanna said, it just needs to come out, and, and I realize that, and I, and I can be there to hear her let it come out. And so Father Collins talks about, like, two different types of conversations there or dialogue. And one is when the dialogue leads to negative debate and wallowing where you tend to isolate yourself, or there are types of dialogue that are good conversations that encourage sharing and encourage people, and they lead to becoming more connected. Uh, We're talking about people, two people, four people, five people together, whatever it is, but literally face-to-face people. But this is not only true in the conversations that we have with other people in our lives. It is also true of the conversations that we can have with Jesus. Now, you might be thinking, Jesus does not sit with me. Well, yes, he does. You may not see him, but he is with you. What happens is on the road to Emmaus, the disciples proceed to tell Jesus the whole sad tale of woe. And then Jesus comes back with all the truths that we hold dear. Disciples then begin to see, it dawns on them, that things are not as bad as they thought. They then decide to go back, you know, talk to the other apostles. What, what Father Collins says um, on the top, uh, in, on page 56, that one of the things that we need to do when we're in prayer is that we need to let Jesus interrupt our monologue to draw, ourself, to draw you out of yourself and into a dialogue, a two-way conversation. He goes on to say that's key. Because once we start talking to him and not to ourselves, the fog that surrounds us lifts and we begin to see clearly. I think this is key in the spiritual relationship that we have with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And it is also key in the relationships that we have with other people. Yes, honey, you're right. Conversation is key. There was another story that Father Collins related and you know, when you think about it, I read it and I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, this is true. And it actually happened in our own household about a month ago, but that's another story. He noticed that, you know, a young child, something happened, they, they tripped, they fell, they got injured. And then the mom reached out to comfort the child, quite simply just said, 
tell me what happened. The child needed, you know, comforting, which which the mother did by, you know, giving him a hug. But the child needed more than that. They were told that they were important by the mom saying, tell me what happened. They were able to verbally express themselves. And there's a quote here, the most important thing is that there is a chance now to speak out how they feel and what their situation is. And in that speaking out, the healing is already beginning to happen. You know, one of the things that I notice as I talk to a lot of different people is people don't do a very good job sometimes of listening to one another. And I'm sure you've heard this before, how you know someone is talking and you're thinking, oh, what am I going to say next? How am I going to respond? Oh, how can I add to this story? And what we need to do really is to listen. And there can be silence in conversation. Silence is not great on a podcast because then you're thinking, oh, are they going on? Did it stop? What happened to my phone? <laughs> but in a conversation, silence can be very helpful and beneficial because it gives you some space. It gives you the ability to pause and to think a little bit about what you might want to say to the person that you're talking with, how you could respond. I think to summarize is this, when we feel ourselves slipping into desolation, rather than turning inward, turn outward, turn to Jesus, allow him to interrupt you and let him know what's going on with you and he's going to help you. And I'm also going to say that it is also helpful to have at least one other person in your life, an actual physical person that you can be present to, that you can tell these things to. Because when we keep things in our head, they often sound one of two ways. Either I have this great idea and I think it's absolutely brilliant and so I decided I'm just the most fabulous person in the world who has just thought about something that no one else has ever thought of. Mm. Or when you have a bad day and things are awful, you start to think the opposite. I am the worst person in the world. I am not any good. I can't do anything right. Having someone that you know and trust who's going to hear you out and say to you, "Mm, that might not be your best idea and you really are not the most horrible person in the world, whatever the situation is needed. We need that in our life. Yes, turn to Jesus, but also have someone in your life that you can go to who's going to listen to you without judgment and help you out of the situation. Because sometimes when you hear it out loud, you realize how wrong it is what you're saying, or you might realize that maybe you did have the most brilliant idea ever. The other point that is made in this chapter is that we have to get out of ourselves. So get out of your head, get out of only thinking about yourself. And oftentimes doing an action helps us feel better about whatever bad situation that is going on. Father Collins says this, in the moment of pain and frustration, our views can get very narrow, focusing only what on what only on what has gone wrong. And that's why I say if we have someone else to talk to, they can help us shift our thinking into a different, better direction. This is quite true from an introvert point of view. And something, you know, came to mind, a couple things actually, uh, by the time I got to the end of this chapter, uh, and something that I took advantage of a couple days ago was confession. I mean, maybe there are some things 
come out in a confessional that you really don't want to share with a physical human being. You, you could always say anything to a priest, and I'm not saying that you know they have all the time in the world to solve your problems and stuff, but it really feels really good, and, and it does the soul you know, a lot of cleansing when, when you go to confess your sins to a priest. And we are also involved in the um, Unbound prayer ministry where part of what we, we have uh, people do that we pray with is to say out loud in the name of Jesus. And it's, it's not something that we just keep inside and talk to God. Sometimes we just need even to just to say it out loud. It, we, it just has to come out of our mouths and, and we have to hear it with our own ears. There's a lot in this chapter and it was very interesting to me to see all the underlining notes that John took. So what can a good challenge be? I know this is somewhat of a busy time of year, but I'm going to suggest this to you. I want you to find one person who you trust, who you can go to when you're starting to feel like you might be going into desolation and have them listen to you and help you to see, help you to know that the bad things that you are thinking about yourself are not true. That's one thing. The other thing to do is take the time to talk out loud to Jesus and then to be quiet and listen to his response, which I think that was part of what I asked you guys to do last week. But hey, good ideas bear repeating. They are, and that's a very good idea. Speak, talk to Jesus. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Remember to always try to live... Not, Not Lukewarm. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, tell a friend, or leave a review wherever you listen. Show notes and links are at notlukewarmpodcast.com. Mm-hmm.